Those who take the sword will perish by the sword. Please be seated. When John Le Carre's master spy, George Smiley, approached young Peter Gwillem about joining the Secret Service, he said, We were wondering, you see, whether you'd ever considered signing up with us on a more regular basis. We don't pay a lot, but we do feel it's an important job as long as one cares about the end and not too much about the means. Le Carre died in 2020 after creating a body of work about the secret world, an image, a, a narrative of covert warfare that couldn't be farther from Ian Fleming's James Bond. The latter is the one who sells movie tickets and popcorn with the license to kill, as if that could ever be justified, where double-crossing and seduction and deadly force are all fair game in the quest to get the bad guy for England, James, for England. This is not Le Carre's world. It's the same England, but not the same England at all. Because in his world, the spies tend to be just this side of criminal and not even always even that, whose embrace of the means of violence and double-cross inevitably ruins them and hurts and harms everyone they come into contact with. It's the story that tell, gets told again and again. The secret warriors of the George Smiley novels move through the Cold War at first with a confidence in their cause. But as the decades roll on, those same power plays unfurl again and again as each foolish new generation tries to see if this time, this time, the ends might just justify the means. The trouble, of course, is that if your means are violence, coercion, intimidation, or, or any other instrument, that fails to respect and honor the dignity of every human being, then you will be hard-pressed to find any ends that truly justify the means. That's the folly of end-means thinking. When we say that a little violence is okay to maintain order, a little bit of gamesmanship is good to keep the movement going, uh, to keep our, our free, to justify our freedoms, the more uh, we justify our, our violent actions, our coercive actions, the more the ends themselves begin to crumble at the very foundations. You don't have to look very far for an example. I really, just look to the story that came out of Chardon this week, where uh, there was to be a drag brunch at a church, and so a group of protesters, who I will not name here, decided to show up armed to protest this. 
Now, I'm not even going to pretend that there are any kind of dignified ends here, but for those who had the fantasy that there might be, that fantasy is revealed for what it is when bullying or intimidation are the means. What end, what dignified end could possibly justify that kind of intimidation? Now, I, I will say, as it happened, the brunch went on just fine. The protest pretty much got rained out. A few people showed up. They brought guns, but they forgot their raincoats, so they left. <laughs> our means say far more about our ends than any manifesto or vision statement can. Choose your means wisely, then, for they determine not just your path, but your destination. All who take the sword will perish by the sword. Jesus says that to the disciple who I'm probably surprised everybody when he reaches for his blade and slices off the ear of the slave of the high priest. I, I, what was he? Jesus turns to him? He says, put that away. This is not the path that I choose. What on earth was this disciple thinking? I mean, where was he for the past three years as Jesus told him all about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of love? What was going through his mind? Well, what went through his mind was very, some human stuff. Maybe it was a pure flight or fight response, and flight just wasn't an option. Perhaps he wanted to protect Jesus. Maybe he thought that this was the only way. Maybe he thought, I don't want to be powerless. I don't want to be a victim. Maybe he thought, this is just too tense, and I don't want to feel this pain, so I'll lash out and I'll cut it away. But that, that doesn't work. And you know, it only results in pain for someone else. Live by the sword, die by the sword. It is profound Christian wisdom that, oh, how I wish Christians lived by a little more often. But there's more to it, though. Jesus' disciples couldn't fight or force their way out of this, though I'm sure they wanted to. The pain of what they were going through simply couldn't be excised. Suffering cannot simply be cut away. We must go through it. We have to walk with one another when they are going through it. If we can't move towards suffering when it is real and it is there in front of us, then we inevitably will simply push it off onto others. And, you know, we're just going to make it, we're gonna make it worse for them, but we're just going to make it worse for ourselves as well. Living by the sword fools us into thinking that this isn't the case. Now, into a sermon about why we shouldn't li live by the sword, I'm going to say that watching martial arts movies, that's okay, though. Um, 
because they tend to be fun? I don't know. So imagine, those of you who have seen a martial arts movie knows that there will be scenes inevitably where there's a fight and they stumble into a studio where, where there are all kinds of weapons up on the wall. It's kind of a common trope in these movies. And in that moment, they have to choose wisely and they have to choose quickly because their adversary sees the exact same things up on the wall, right? A sword, a spear, a knife, a star. Um, and, and the lesson here isn't that there is one thing here that's going to work because typically what happens, they pretty much go through everything that's up on the wall while you're eating popcorn the whole time watching it. The lesson isn't that there's only one thing, but rather... There are so many things available to us that it can help us to win a fight. But at the same time, each and every one of those things that are up on the wall can and inevitably will cause great harm to someone else. Jesus, that's the way of the world. That is the way of the world. But Jesus is a different kind of master who tells us in the moment when someone is, is defending him, oh, does he say, oh, my hero? No, he says, put the sword away. He says, those who live by that sword will perish by it. Anything that we use to achieve our ends, which do another human being harm, will ultimately cost us our souls. Live by the sword. Die by the sword. Live by the gun. Die by the gun. He would say to a nation willing to set human sacrifice on the altar of the Second Amendment. Six more in Nashville this week. Three of them children. Live by false testimony. Such as the chief priest used to make their case against Jesus. And your integrity will die along with the truth. Live by anti-Semitism and supersessionism, which sadly, those who practice that look to today's gospel as a justification. Live by that, and there will be no truth, there will be no love at the heart of this whole way of life, this religion, this thing that we have. Live by supremacy, in which the lie of race is enshrined and perpetuated. And you will die by that as well. Live by violence. Die by the violence that you thought was justified by your high and mighty ends. The problem is not only that the ends do not justify the means. They pretty much never do. The thing we need to hold on to is that the means are the ends. How we get to the promised land says everything we need to know about what that promised land actually looks like. And what means did Jesus choose but that of Sacrifice, selfless love, self-emptying, and humility. 
Jesus, who in the form of God did not exploit that or even call the angels to his aid, but emptied himself, pouring out his life as God had poured God's self into our world, into human form, humbling himself to the point of death to the point of a moment of, ha- of feeling truly abandoned. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Humbling himself even to death on a cross. Choose your means wisely. For they define not only your ends, but your life itself. The means are the ends. The act of self-emptying, of pouring oneself out, of giving oneself away, all that you have, all that you are, this makes no sense in a world that is so often violent and ego-bound and stuck in a place of fearfulness and greed. But in the reign of God, in the promised land, in the the realm, the world of love for which God created each and every one of us, that act of complete selflessness, of complete sacrifice, and of unconditional love makes all the sense in the world. 